0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, December 28th, 2020. Today, Trump left for Florida without signing the COVID relief or omnibus bills, but not before he vetoed the NDAA. An explosion in Nashville, Tennessee raises more questions than it answers. A judge tosses out another Devin Nunes lawsuit. Jake Tapper bans Kaylee McEnany because she lies the way most people breathe. And a spokesman for Ron DeSantis deactivates his Twitter account after being a jerk. I'm your host, A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey Dana, how was your weekend?
2: Oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I feel like there's this is it. Like
0: that was the last weekend of
2: 2020, so I'm hoping that um as the days go by the next the next week we uh, are able to put this horrible year behind us
0: yes and to ring the new year in with some laughs you have a show on new year's eve right
2: i do i do and hopefully by the time people hear this there will be a post on the facebook page there's going to be a a poster that hopefully will make you smile and i've got some (laughs) special guests um one of them being our dear friend mary trump who's going to come on and not even talk politics just sort of have a nice like fuck you to 2020 and let this go and um it'll be a facebook live so anyone that's viewing it on facebook will be able to pop over to my fan page or the host page which will be olivia travels and tune in from 6 p.m pacific and 9 p.m eastern for just a good hour hour and 15 and we can wish each other a happy new year
0: i'm so excited to see your comedy because you know I I think we might have done some shows together way back in the day, but like I just miss seeing live shows so much. So it's going to be really nice to see.
2: Yeah. It's always so strange doing stand up on Facebook Live because I can't hear a response. I can only see like emojis. (laughs) But hey, send the emojis. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to get used to seeing emojis as laughter. And, uh, and responding in that way, I think, um, that's one of the great gifts of a good comic is to be able to read the room and it's hard to do when you can't hear
2: anything. <laughs> totally. I know some people are going to wonder, uh, how much the show is and it's actually going to be free Ag, What I've oh. done and what a lot of artists have done is we've sort of opened a virtual tip jar. Uh, so people can show their appreciation for the entertainers out there. And what I've done my entire career is raise money for organizations. So a portion of what, um, the tips go into my jar that night, will go to world central kitchen, which is going to help feed a lot of people that have been deeply affected by this pandemic. So we're going to have some drinks, get some food in some mouths of people who aren't as fortunate as we are and say goodbye to
0: 2020. I can't wait. Um, Today's show, we have a pretty big show. Um, First, an update on my injury. I've gotten several messages. Uh, You know, I fell down jogging the other day, which was super, super graceful. Uh, I'm back to 100%. And here's the interesting part. Before I fell, I had a shoulder problem that I've had for like a year. And it went away. So I think I actually adjusted myself when I fell. So that's um, a little bit of a bonus. (laughs) You're like this person who gets in a car wreck and you're like, my clock started working again. (laughs) Will I ever play (laughs) piano again? Great, because I never could before. Uh, as my dad would say. Um, And I want to just say really quick the headline in the intro that Jake Tapper bans Kaylee McEnany from CNN because she lies the way most people breathe. That's it. That's the whole story, so we're not going to go into it later in the show or anything. That's hilarious. That's
2: all we need. It's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory.
0: She's mad, too. She's madder than a wet hen, as my dad would say. Now, uh, we also are going to be talking to Andrew Torres. He and I have been doing, uh, last week, and we're going to be doing this for the next few weeks, um, on Tuesdays, live at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, we just get on for an hour, Andrew Torres from Opening Arguments and I, and we'll be, you know, just chatting and answering questions. It's like a QA. and uh, a and it's on an app called Stereo. So you have to download the Stereo app, and we will send out a link to that. We'll tweet it out. We'll put it on the patron page. We'll send it in the emails, and we'll put it on Facebook and everything so that you know where to click, but it's a live show. And with, I think, just 56... viewers last week we were like the number 7 show of the week so if we can get <laughs> a bunch of people on there um you know we'll be able to actually i think they they like you can win money if you're like a, one of the top shows and then uh, you know we'll donate that we'll donate some of the proceeds for that to to folks in in need during this pandemic nice. because our government's not taking care of it so and I'll also be doing that on my birthday i'm going to put out a cash app thing and I'll I'll donate a bunch of it as well. Uh, And that comes up, my birthday is Inauguration Day, so I'm excited about that. Yay! And then a little bit, thank you, make my birthday great again. And you did. You voted. And number's too big to manipulate. And then a little bit later today, we're also going to be talking to Mary Trump. She's going to join us here on this show today because she's awesome. And and we're going to be talking to her about Donald Trump behavior, basically, because she's an expert, um, not only because she's a doctor of psychology, but because, you know, she's in that family. So <laughs> it's like a double whammy. Um, <laughs> she knows a lot. And oh. uh, it's going to be an interesting show. I had an interesting long weekend. I'm actually right now having a glass of wine. I don't ever do this, Dana. I don't ever drink during a show. I never did it for comedy either. I did it first and then realized it was a bad idea. And I always just waited until after the show before I would have a drink. So, But I'm actually doing it during this show. So cheers.
2: Yeah, I used to do the same thing. And then I was had a tequila once and I was like, oh, this is delightful
0: <laughs> during my set. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's nice.
2: Oh, uh, I made the mistake once, though, of like uh, martinis above fourth and they had <gasps> to close their doors because of the pandemic, which was so sad. But I made the mistake of saying once when I was drinking... And so uh, people started sending me shots of tequila on stage. And I made the mistake the first time of taking them. And man, was I drunk uh, by halfway through my show. <laughs> and so the second time it happened, I'd pulled a Coyote Ugly and I went to the bartender and I said, if anyone orders me tequila during my show, you fill that bitch with water <laughs> so that I can shoot it, make a face, and we're going to keep on moving. Keep
0: on trucking. I love that venue. <laughs> uh, I've done shows yeah. at that venue. It's it's absolutely actually maybe that's where I saw you it Dana, could be. Dana Goldberg was that did you ever have short hair no
2: I mean yes but not only when I was a freshman in high school I looked like Ralph Macchio oh then that <laughs> wasn't
0: you um uh, but no yeah I've seen so many shows there I've done shows there I love it there I love the big piano on stage they have that slick black lacquered stage and and I was wearing these huge heels of course you and were. like i had to baby powder my feet to get my feet my ski feet into these high heels
2: i have ski feet too and
0: after like two minutes i'm like fuck this and i took the shoes off and i set them up and they were cute shoes too I set them up on uh, the stool and walked around and i had little white baby powder footprints all over the stage <laughs> and then somebody somebody in the in the audience like what size are those and I'm like I think they're tens and he's like can I have them and I was like sure and so I just gave them to her it was that's
2: hilarious you made
0: some queen very happy I did and that's that's the that's that was the whole plan all along no (laughs) (laughs) but we do have some uh we do have some headlines we should get to let's do that let's hit the hot notes hot notes all right, the lead story is from the Washington Post. Anthony Quinn Warner, whose home authorities searched on Saturday, is now under investigation following the Christmas morning explosion in downtown Nashville. That's according to the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department spokesman Don Aaron. Authorities had assembled Saturday at Warner's home in Antioch, Tennessee, located about 10 miles southeast of the explosion site. Several neighbors described seeing a recreational vehicle, similar to the one that blew up on Friday morning in the backyard of the Antioch home for several months prior to the blast. A leading theory investigators were pursuing is that Warner blew himself up in the RV. It was a suicide, according to two people familiar with the matter, who cautioned that officials are still pursuing numerous leads and no final conclusions have been reached, although they say everything is safe. So it's it seems like they're assuming that the human remains that were found at the site belonged to the bomber warner 63 unmarried rarely ventured from his home loner quiet guy lived for years with his parents and then with his mom and then by himself he once owned an alarm company he protected his home with an array of security cameras rarely returning a neighborly wave and not responding to an offer of christmas dinner according to neighbors during an interview on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday morning, the Nashville mayor, Cooper, said that specific location of the bombing next to the AT&T building could mean it was an attack on on services and that the city may need help hardening its infrastructure. Uh, quote, it feels like there has to be some connection with the AT&T facility in the site of the bombing. AT&T is the parent company of CNN, so perhaps we can all see where that's going, but we should reserve our assumptions until we have more Information, But they, the, the mayor seems to to believe it has something at least to do with infrastructure. So that's what's going on. That's the latest there.
2: Yeah, that might make sense, um, especially if this guy, you know, had his, his house watched by several cameras. It could have been a paranoid situation where he thought someone was even surveying him with the towers, the cell towers. I mean,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it could
2: be worse, but uh, maybe it is just that. I'm sure more will come out on that story. Um, From Orlando Sentinel, Fred Piccolo, spokesman um, for Governor Ron DeSantis, douchebag, deactivated his Twitter account uh, Wednesday after he tweeted, in the middle of the night, that photos of each dead COVID-19 victim should be balanced with 99 photos of people who survived the disease. Another fucking douchebag. Um, In response to Reuters Photo Gallery, COVID-19, Piccolo wrote... I'm wondering, since 99% of COVID patients survive, shouldn't you have 99 photos of survivors for every one fatality? Otherwise, you're just trying to create a narrative that is not reality. Mm. Yes. Nice guy. Piccolo's tweet drew an almost immediate angry response, which it clearly should have, which is also funny because it was in the middle of the night, so clearly all the insomniacs also know he's a douchebag. Um... Piccolo's account was deactivated shortly after the controversial tweet. He told the Sun Sentinel Wednesday he had already planned to leave social media site. Oh, my God. This is such a... I I was going to break up with you already.
0: Yeah. uh, No, you can't fire me. I quit.
2: Ugh. He said, I've made people... This is such a gross quote. I've made people far angrier with other things in the past. This is just an observation that I think was worthy of consternation. (laughs)
0: So I'm usually a much bigger asshole. (laughs) Exactly. I don't understand why you're responding to this tweet with so much ire.
2: Ugh. He said that of that tweet, but then he goes on to say, um, I said this was going to be my Christmas gift to myself to get off the medium. So oh. I said, let's oh. do it. I'm a Christmas present to yourself, yeah. sir. Thank yeah. you.
0: Well, Merry Christmas to us as well.
2: Seriously, and a happy Hanukkah. Um, he formerly served as a spokesman for the Florida House Speaker's Office, and he's gained notoriety um, of his often acerbic Twitter account, that has pushed misinformation about the coronavirus. He's been doing this for a long time. He questioned the efficacy of mask wearing and mask mandates at least 16 times, according to the Sentinel report. And he's claimed that COVID-19 is less deadly than the flu on three occasions. Uh, so he can tell he's just a, he's quite the upstanding guy. So you know what? Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Piccolo.
0: Yeah, super, super great dude. Um, a bit of good news before we go to the break here, uh, a federal judge has dismissed Devin Nunes' defamation lawsuit against the Washington Post this week. This is one of a zillion lawsuits that he's filed. I don't know where he gets the money uh, because his lawyer, who I think is named Biss, um, either, it, it, even if he's working pro bono, it is then is still incumbent upon Nunes to declare that as a gift in his congressional ethics you know, disclosures, which he has not. So I don't know how he's paying for these lawsuits. But Nunes filed this lawsuit in March. This was over a story published in the Post about a conversation Nunes had with Trump about an intelligence briefing. The article was titled, Senior Intelligence Official Told Lawmakers That Russia Wants to See Trump Re-elected. And the article claimed that the intelligence official, Shelby Pearson, told members of the House Intelligence Committee that Russia had developed a preference for Trump. Oh, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. The story, citing a person familiar with the matter, said Trump learned about Pearson's remarks from Nunes, the committee's ranking Republican and staunch Trump ally. The article claimed that when Trump learned of the analysis, he grew angry at then acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire. He later fired him. So the D.C. District Judge Amit Mehta sided with The Washington Post on Thursday, writing in his ruling that the newspaper did not act with actual malice, that is, with knowledge that it was false or with reckless disregard. Of whether it was false or not. Meta, an Obama appointee, noted the newspaper's position that the article did not report when the president learned from the briefing from Nunes or, or how he could have conveyed the information to Trump on a different day. So Meta's like, fuck out of here with your nonsense, Nunez. Seriously. Uh, so he's lost again. Oh, Bummer.
2: He's really not good at this. He's just not good at it.
0: <laughs> no, no, he's not. And again, I'm very curious as to who's paying his lawyer. And and perhaps that's why we got a no vote on the NDAA from Nunes is because he didn't want <laughs> to reveal some shell company payment. Oh, goodness. It may or may not have come from, oh, I don't know, not the United States. I'm <sighs> not going to say anything because uh, this is total speculation. Also, I'm a comedian. Ha ha. Parody. Don't sue me. All right. We'll be right back for a discussion with Mary Trump and Dana and I about the COVID relief bill. So stay with us.
3: After these messages, will be right-
0: Hey everybody, it's AG and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Fight Camp. So it's been pretty tough to stay home on lockdown and all the gyms are closed and we need to move our bodies. Personally, I get bored with the same workouts, so I'm looking for new routines to keep me engaged and motivated. So if you're looking for an exciting workout that's fun and challenging and never boring, I recommend you try out Fight Camp. Fight Camp is an at-home boxing and bodyweight workout. It's taught by real fighters. It's made for all levels, from seasoned fighters to first-time boxers, and kids love it too. The boxing workout is ranked always as one of the best ways to get in shape, and I think it's the most fun uh you know, it's the most fun way to get a full body workout and combine cardio and strength training while developing hand-eye coordination. Fight Camp provides all the gear you need. They include gloves and wraps and the best freestanding punching bag on the market, and their unique punch tracking sensors show you real-time progress and stats on any iOS device. Workouts are structured like traditional boxing rounds with interval training, so it's that high-impact interval training that burns so much fat. It's got three minutes of high-intensity boxing and bodyweight training and then one minute of rest. So it's it's kinda it makes it easier to get through. And you can access over four hundred different workouts for all fitness levels and skills with new ones every week. You can connect with Fight Camp on Facebook. There's over 4,000 members so you can challenge each other and you know support each other in that community and you can even access a leaderboard for some competition. You can watch yourself reach new milestones and bring that goal-crushing mentality to other parts of your life as well. Fight Camp keeps you engaged, focused, and in the zone. There's endless variety, uplifting beats, motivating trainers, powerful technology. It all comes together to create a uniquely satisfying workout. Fight Camp offers flexible financing, 0% APR as low as and right now for a limited time offer you can try fight camp for thirty days with a money back guarantee. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash beans. Uh, try fight camp for thirty days. If you don't love it, they will refund your money. Train like a fighter and turn your sweat into results. To try fight camp for thirty days. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash beans. Again, that's joinfightcamp.com slash beans. Hey everybody, welcome back. All right. Let's talk about the bills that Trump either refuses to sign or vetoes and the possible implications. First, Donald vetoed the $740 billion defense policy bill and demanded last minute changes to the coronavirus relief legislation. This is all adding uncertainty in the closing days of 2020. The government shutdown is looming. We've got people whose unemployment just expired. And in a Wednesday afternoon statement on the defense measure released by the White House, Trump objected. This is the NDAA, right? The National Defense Authorization Act. Trump objected to some of the provisions related to the removal of Confederate base names and troop levels, as well as the legislation's lack of language punishing Twitter for hurting his fifis. I happen to think... He vetoed it personally, I mean, those things too, but mainly because of the provision that forces shell companies to disclose the source of their income, which wrecks the lives of money launderers around the world, of which Donald is one. Uh, The House is scheduled to hold its override vote Monday, December 28th. They scheduled it just for this purpose. Uh, and the Senate will follow on Tuesday. But aside from that veto, Donald has not taken any action on the COVID relief package and the omnibus bill that was sent to him on the 23rd. He's called it a, quote, gift to China and Russia and has been publicly conflating the bill with the omnibus bill, the COVID relief bill with the omnibus bill, saying we're giving too much foreign aid, even though the amounts of aid outlined in the bill or came directly from his budget. Uh, typically, a president has 10 days to sign or veto a bill, and if not, it becomes law. Pocket vetoes only occur when Congress is in, you know, not in session, but that's not the case here. But the new session of Congress will begin January 3rd, the 117th Congress, and that happens before the 10-day time frame ends, so the bill would expire. And at that point, both chambers of Congress would have to renegotiate a whole new bill and pass that as well. So... Why has he not vetoed it or signed it? And joining us today to discuss this is Mary Trump. Mary, welcome.
3: Hey, G. It's great to be here. Hey, Dana. Hey, Mary.
2: I missed you. It's nice to see you and hear your voice since no one else can see you that's listening to this. That's okay.
0: Well. It's just a gift for us.
2: It's a gift for us.
0: All of our comments should just be about how we look uh, so that no one can follow along.
3: Or what kind of water we're drinking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Okay. Okay. So, Mary, what's what's going on here? Why, in your view, why is he he's not vetoing it like he vetoed the NDAA. So we know his hand works. Uh, Why is he not acting on the covid relief bill?
3: Well, you know, let's just start with his conflating, as you said, the covid relief bill with the omnibus spending. Simply because that's we're beginning with the fact that he's an idiot and doesn't know anything. He doesn't know (laughs) his own budget. He doesn't know how these things work. So um, the only reason he's not vetoing it is because somebody else told him that it was passed with a veto-proof majority (laughs) and uh, that would speed up the process and he would then fail to do what he wants to do, which is... um, break as much as possible on the way out the door, cause as much suffering as possible on the way out the door, because in in addition to being an idiot, he's also extraordinarily vindictive and cruel. Um, We need to put all of this in the context of his decisive, huge loss in this election. Because not only did he lose decisively, um, Republicans fared better than he did. Mm -hmm. You cannot blame them for his loss. And let's step back and look at how hard he tried to steal this election. He's been, and we don't, I mean, let's forget about the stuff we don't know. We know that from the summer on, he's been cheating, actively cheating. He's been using the power of the Oval Office to tell people that if Biden won, it was automatically rigged before a vote was even cast. He was undermining people's faith in mail-in voting, even though we had a pandemic killing hundreds and now thousands of Americans every day. And then he hired somebody whose, whose sole mission was to destroy the post office. So with all of that, He's still lost, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't the kind of loss this country needed in order to redeem itself, but for the purposes of deciding who was going to be in the Oval Office and who no longer was, there's no question here. It's driving him insane. He's literally in a position he's never been in before. He can't buy, cheat, or steal his way out of it. It's not like daddy's gonna drive up to the White House in his limousine and have the chauffeur drop off a suitcase full of electoral college votes. <laughs> you know, there's nothing he can do. He's lashing out and um, he feels, I think predominantly, I mean, other than terrified, cause he's always terrified. I think the thing he's most feeling right now is rejected. And that the American people rejected him, doesn't matter. He's not gonna discriminate. He'll take all of us down.
0: Yeah, I I was gonna say his vindictiveness isn't just reserved for Democrats. He's now going after some of the major Republicans who didn't help him cheat, Uh, and it, it looks like you know a lot of what's happening is could tank. Uh, Loeffler and Purdue's chances or at least hurt them in Georgia because the way that I see it because of the way because of your book and the way that you've described his psyche to me it feels like he doesn't want to be the only loser in this election and if and if McConnell loses the senate he doesn't stand alone atop the loser platform do you know what I mean oh yeah absolutely
3: oh that's a big part of it um that and uh the fact that He requires total obedience and loyalty, right? And um, as soon as somebody isn't willing to follow um, him to the ends of the earth, and even if it's incredibly illegal, unconstitutional, immoral, or criminal, uh, then they're dead to him. Or worse, he's going to go after them.
2: I think a big part of uh, Donald's problem, and I don't know if they counted on this as a party, is that arsonists don't start controlled fires. They don't know how to do controlled burns. They just burn everything down because they like to see it go.
3: Right. And, you know, the Republican Party is getting exactly what it deserves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it deserves worse, but it certainly deserves this. Um, it, you know, it is totally the the monster turning on the creator um because the creator was (laughs) arrogant enough to think it could control the monster uh you know it happened with the tea party Uh yeah yeah
0: good example and i know if he vetoes the covid relief bill and the omnibus bill he runs the risk of being overridden he couldn't do that with the ndaa because he got the ndaa too soon to to, like the 10 days wouldn't put you into the new Congress and Congress was not on session. So he couldn't pocket veto the NDAA. He had to just veto that because if he signed it, it, at least vetoing it gives him a little bit of a chance that his veto wouldn't be overridden and he can still launder money in secret. But I think that that's probably what's going on here. And I can see, I could, I can see him not just not acting on this bill to throw it back uh into having to be renegotiated and we wouldn't get anything until you know until probably after january 20th so because at least then you would know what the president wants in the bill
3: yeah it's extraordinary and again it's um all he knows is that it's causing pain and it's he continues to have the upper hand right as long as he can um And again, he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't know about the money. I mean, I'm sure somebody told him, but he didn't know
1: about,
3: you know, uh, but obviously that's his advantage. So he's all for that. But um, it's the complicating factor here is uh january
0: 5th and you're talking about when uh when pence has to read the results of the election january 6th or january 5th the runoff
3: well so i'm both january 5th uh, georgia runoffs and january 6th and i think what happens on the 5th will uh potentially determine what happens on the 6th 100 uh, percent. yeah we're not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination i think um you know the democrats win donald's fine with it but it makes the party totally desperate right yeah. So who knows what Pence is going to do then, especially given that dynamic. If the Republicans win, Donald's going to be out of his mind with fury, and who knows what kind of pressure he's going to put on Pence. It, it's a mess. And what's, you know, just just on a human level, just um, dis- if you can even say besides, just. Dis- Besides all of the uh, incalculable human suffering that is going to be wreaked upon the vast majority of Americans because of these psychotic criminals running our country. Uh, You know, if the relief bill doesn't pass, if people start getting evicted, if there's no extension of unemployment benefits, if um, the government shuts down. So even people who do have steady employment in, you know, in in the civil service won't. um, There's also this increasingly unbearable and stressful sense of uncertainty, right? You know, we haven't known anything since March about, are we going to live or die? You know, are they going to find a vaccine? Is Biden going to win? Is Donald going to steal it? Is the election going to be called? It you know, is anybody going to on the other side going to accept the results of the election? How much is Donald going to destroy? And now we we can't even see past like the tomorrow. It's it's um. And I you know I've said this many times. Um, Donald thrives in division, and chaos because it benefits him. Right. He can get away with more, and um, perhaps more to the point, he can drive the rest of us. Uh, absolutely crazy so we can't really pay attention to what's going on behind the scenes um you know what is he doing what what is what is he not doing that's affecting us in ways we can't quite anticipate yet um so it continues to be the worst case scenario you know yeah and and tanking the
0: economy ahead of Biden taking office would be something that he would do not only because it's vindictive. uh, And it doesn't matter who he hurts or kills to get his, you know, vindication. But he's accused Democrats of tanking the economy to make him look bad. And when he accuses people of doing something, it's because he's doing it, I found. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, it's incredibly cynical, but it's not just him. You know, the only reason McConnell was willing to um, agree to putting a paltry $600 in uh, people's pockets is because of Georgia. Um, However, uh, when it comes to the economy in general, he's more than happy for it to tank, to blame Joe Biden. Same thing with the, the vaccine rollout. They are setting up a situation that's so chaotic that it's going to um, impede the Biden administration from doing the probably exemplary job they would have done if they'd been allowed a transition or allowed access to information. Mm-hmm. So uh, McConnell, especially again, um, if the Republicans win, like if they don't, then it's it's a moot point, but even one of those scumbags in Georgia wins, um, McConnell is going to do what he did with Obama, except without the racism, right? Uh, He's going to make sure that Biden's administration is torpedoed from the very beginning. And as we've learned, and I don't again, I don't think I'm ever going to get over this. Seventy four million people wanted four more years of this. So a lot of that is is just gullibility and ignorance. So you think they're not going to believe that it's all Biden's fault if, if they're listening to the right right people?
0: Yeah, of course. And, and I think it's important to note, too, that, you know, everyone's saying that if Ossoff and Warnock win in Georgia, we'll get the $2,000 stimulus checks we want. But I think on the opposite side of that, it's important to point out that if they don't win... Not only will we not get six hundred dollars, Mitch is going to yank that six hundred dollars. Yeah. He doesn't have to offer that's it right. anymore because that election will be over, and, and we, there won't be anything.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I, I haven't been paying attention too much in Georgia, honestly, because one, there's nothing I can do about it, right? And two, I need to be able to sleep. Well, at least a little bit. You know, not that I sleep much, but um, you know, I, I hope that 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 the Democrats are are approaching it. As this is not a local election by any stretch of the imagination, right. uh, this 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 is the whole ball game because, you know. In in the short term, absolutely, it's COVID relief. It happens or it doesn't, and I don't think it's Biden's going to give people two thousand dollars. I think they're going to make it an infinitely better bill that provides relief over the long term. Um, and maybe even retroactively. It's gonna keep people in their homes. It's going to stop um, protecting uh, bad actors like uh, food packing plants that intentionally get their workers sick, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the implications are much greater than that. You know, It's the vaccine uh, rollout and have people understand that. It's the judiciary, which uh, is the most important issue in my view. And I, I worry about Biden's ability to be this forward-thinking, but that's a different issue. The ju- federal judici- judiciary needs to be doubled in size, and the Supreme Court we need to add six seats. We need to expand the court to fifteen, and that ha- that also will not happen. So we will essentially be living in uh, you know mid 19th century America for the next 40 or 50 years if those things don't happen.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um and that I think is just you know why this uh, you can't overstate how critical these Georgia runoffs are. Um, be, you know, because like I said, w- we get a lot done if if we win, but we get nothing done if if we lose. Nothing. Yeah. Um well, thank you so much for explaining this. We're going to keep an eye on this and, you know, we'll we'll keep reporting on because today, you know, this this show comes out Monday, and and we'll know how the overrides go on the NDAA, and maybe we'll learn a little bit more about the COVID relief and the and the omnibus. But we're just all sort of sitting ducks until then. So, I appreciate you um, coming on and. and and Sharon, your thoughts on that, Dana? Do you have anything you want to add before we get out of here? No,
2: not not on this. I think that I mean we've pretty much covered it. It's Georgia or bust. We've just got to get out there, and I know there's not much we can do. I think that sending your money down there, if you have, is great. Um, I think probably postcards by this point. It might be too late to get that done, but if 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 there is anything, I think it would be to ask and uh, research if there's anything left to do. Get on a phone, call a voter, because there's a lot of Democrats that I saw that said, we never got a call from anyone about getting out and voting. I and mean, if we had, we would have gotten out of the House. And I don't I don't I think it's a weird way to like not take responsibility. But if that's the case, let's put in a phone call.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would have if I got that phone call. I'll tell you. Yeah, that is a little odd. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure, 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 sure. Yep. I guess I just didn't feel important enough because nobody yeah. called me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Georgia voters, we think you are the most incredible, attractive, wonderful, beautiful people and get out and vote. And uh, I will call you personally if you send me your phone number and tell you if that's what you need um, to motivate you to get out and vote. It's so important for, for everyone and, and the, the globe as well, because once, you know, if we can start getting this vaccine rollout correct and we can hit the ground running on day one, that helps everyone in the world, not, not just us here in the United States. So thank you very much, Mary. I appreciate your time today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Great. Good to see you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with Andrew Torres. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's AG and this portion of the beans is brought to you by the Nebbia Shower by Moen. Okay, so the shower is the my favorite part of the day. I get to relax, I get my best ideas in the shower. It's amazing. And the new Nebbia by Moen spa shower is the most advanced shower yet with twice the coverage of half with half the water usage of standard shower heads. Half the water, that's important here. And despite using 45% less water, it's 81% more powerful. The spray is than the competition. The atomized droplets rinse shampoo and conditioner out of the thickest longest hair. It can be easily installed in 15 minutes or less with no plumbers or anything. If you can change a light bulb, you can install Nebbia by Moen. It balances functionality with the clean aesthetic. They're beautiful. They have four premium finishes to complement any bathroom. They have white and chrome, spot-resistant nickel, which I have because of my mid-century mod vibe. They have matte black and black and chrome. And they offer accessories like shelves and shower curtains, which pair perfectly with the shower's stunning design. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower starts at just $199. And for the Daily Beans listeners, we have a deal for you. The first 100 people to use code BEANS at nebbia.com will get 15% off site-wide. 15% off site-wide. Nebia rarely does deals like this, so it's a great deal to jump on. So go to Nebia.com slash beans. That's N-E-B-I-A dot com slash beans to check out what they have. The first 100 people to use the code beans when checking out will save 15%. Again, that's Nebia.com slash beans and use the code beans to save 15%. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining me now is the co-host of Opening Arguments, the podcast, my friend, real-life lawyer, Andrew Torres. Andrew, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me back, A.G. How are you?
0: I am well. Uh, this has been an interesting day, um, <laughs> interesting weekend, interesting year, but, uh, you know, I'm okay. I'm good. Good, good. So uh, I'm I wanted to bring you on today. We can talk about some legal stuff, but the thing I wanted to talk the most about was I wanted to introduce a new show that you and I are co-hosting <laughs> that that will premiere and debut on my birthday, also known as Inauguration Day, also known as January 20th, 2021. It will be called Clean Up on Aisle 45, and you and I will be discussing everything about the Biden Justice Department, basically, going forward. Uh, And anything that arises from that, it could be about the Trump administration, it could be about Donald Trump himself, or it could be about any other things that it appears that this justice department is going to focus on. And we're going to do this despite not knowing who the attorney general is going to be
1: yet. (laughs) Yeah. Basically it's about, you know, how to get our country back on track from the last four years. And I like to think of it as, uh, as I texted you earlier, this is the, Hey, Hey, You got your chocolate in my peanut butter of podcasts. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of uh, our listeners, and I hate to say our listeners because they are independent people who just happen to listen to the Daily Beans podcast, absolutely love when you come on the Daily Beans. And my understanding is, uh, the listeners of Opening Arguments love it when I come on Opening Arguments.
1: So. I, I, at least this listener, no, no, uh, all all of our listeners. It, it, I just sent you screenshots earlier from uh, a, a a clip of of you and I doing some Q and A that we released into our our feed, and the feedback was amazing. Um, I mean, the people they love you, AG, and it's time to give them what they want.
0: <laughs> and speaking of that Q and A. Uh, you and I started this past Tuesday, and you'll you'll find it in your feeds now. If you're if you listen to opening arguments in the Daily Beans, uh, you'll find the recording of that live stream. But starting this last Tuesday and going forward on Tuesdays for the next three weeks at five p.m. Pacific and eight p.m. Eastern uh, on the Stereo app, Andrew Torres and I will be doing live Q and A sessions leading up to the premiere of our new show. And I'm really excited about this uh, because you only need about... 50 viewers to be the top in the top 10 shows because it's a <laughs> it's a brand new app, it's a brand new application and it's awesome. It's called stereo. So you download it, you create a, a username, and it's it's actually a lot of fun because you can record your questions and then we play them during the live stream and answer your questions as they come up.
1: Yeah. Um I I like the idea that you know we're we're deliberately aiming as low as possible um no 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 look this is um we do an hour long uh q a it is interactive uh we are moderated so you know right now it has just been the like randos on this stereo app sending us questions which was um i mean you know obviously ag handled that like a champ but it, if If you like our shows, then maybe get on the app and ask us some questions because that'll be a lot more fun. And
0: I love that we're moderated by our friends over at um, Starburn's audio. The the Starburn Studios are the folks who brought us Rick and Morty. They bring us the Sklar brothers. They're a really incredible network and that's who we, you know, we associate with and and that our good friend who happens to also be the CEO of Starburn's Audio moderates our discussions. I love my favorite thing is having a CEO as an assistant. I've never been happier <laughs> uh in my life. I remember when we went on tour with Mueller she wrote, you know, the first podcast that that I did uh with um Jordan and Jaleesa, Mandy and everybody. When we went on tour, uh Jason came along to do the sound and help with uh help with you know all of the production and engineering. And one day, I finally asked. I was like, "What is your job over at Starburns, by the way?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm the CEO." And I'm like, "Oh, all right,
1: cool." I, I asked him to get me coffee, so you know it was, <laughs> it was a little weird, but uh, but it worked out okay.
0: Well, I'm really excited about both of these projects. Um, so everybody, uh, you'll want to search for "clean up on aisle 45" or "aisle 45 pod." Come January 20th, we're still setting everything up, so I wouldn't do it quite yet, but uh, we're working on that, and that's going to be, I honestly, we really need to, and you know me, I'm a little more gung-ho about the law than you are because you're an actual lawyer, but we have to hold these people in this administration to account, and that's sort of what we're looking at, but we're also looking at anything else that arises from the Biden Justice Department and so it's going to be very important that we restore uh the faith that that uh, Americans have in the justice department it it's been so eroded uh, for the last 4 or 5 years by the constant attacks on not just the intelligence community but the department of justice itself by this president uh Trump and of course Bill Barr so we have to we have to focus on not just moving forward, but moving forward with justice and holding people to account. Because if we don't, I fear that this will leave us open to abuse from a future demagogue who might not be as stupid.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with all of that. Look, I've been saying this a lot on your show, on my show, on the street, to anybody who will listen. It's very easy to break stuff. It's super hard to build back, right? And that's what you and I are going to do. And you're going to bring your amazing news skills and ability to read and digest 50 different stories in two days. And you know I'm going to bring uh, light snacks, and it's going to be fantastic. So there we go.
0: I love snacks. Yeah. But ask ask anyone who's worked for another person before. Ask anyone who's ever had a boss. Do they remember the one bad thing you did, or the nine million good things <laughs> exactly, that you exactly
1: exactly right that 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 you yeah. did?
0: And th- it's those anecdotes that we have to you know that we have to uh, focus on, and and we really need to push our representatives and our new administration to push for justice. Uh, and <laughs> I, I I hope we can do that.
1: We know the Republican playbook. The Republican playbook is Ronald Reagan's like, let's reduce government to the size where it can fit in a bathtub and then strangle it in the bathtub, right? Like that that that's that they have not hidden this. And so what they do is they tell you, oh, government doesn't work, government's terrible, it's incompetent. And then when they get the levers of power, they cripple government agencies so that they can't work. And then When they're out of power, they say, see, look, you elected Joe Biden. Did he magically fix everything and make the world amazing in two years? No. Why don't you vote for Attila the Hun over here? Um, That that will be the playbook in 2022. So, you know, we've got we got a year to to really try and clean this mess up and consolidate our gains. And, you know, we're going to we're going to do our best to 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 navigate through that.
0: And I think something that you and I have done consistently and tried to do well on our individual podcasts and platforms is to temper expectations with the speed at which this (laughs) government functions, Um, you know, because when I first started out with Mueller, she wrote, I was like, we're going to do it. We're going to get them. And as I. Just like I started out 10 years ago when I started working for the government, I'm going to fix everything. It's going to be fast and super efficient. Uh, but, you know, as time goes on, you start to learn the reality of the way that our government was designed by our founders for a specific purpose. It moves at a snail's pace. And so I'm hoping that not only can we push this administration to do justice, but we can also temper expectations as to how fast that justice is done.
1: Yeah. And also, Right. Close the closed doors on on our own side in terms of when folks have unrealistic expectations. Right. How many of this have how many of these have you seen sort of floating around already? The like, you know, two hundred and sixty eight things that Joe Biden can do even if they lose the Senate. And, I, you know, it's actual government doesn't work that way.
0: Right. Or people tweeting out, Colin Powell wants this. And, and then you find out the reality is that a someone who once went to school with <laughs> Colin Powell uh, has said we need to do this. And then you, you think, you know, and I'm talking about people who want to bring... Flynn back into the service to make him subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice and court martial, and I'm sitting here thinking, as a former uh, military member myself, that's a really bad idea Mm. because the you know the way that the the scope of the Uniform Code of Military Justice is, they can kind of bring charges against anyone. Now they have in in high level court martial situations there are rules and laws, and they they aren't, but they aren't as strict. Uh, on to favor the side of the accused as they are in our public judiciary system Mm -hmm. and so i'm like you don't want this you don't want the government to be able to bring back people into service and court-martial them whenever it it strikes their fancy It, it would be a bad idea and i you know yeah i get a lot of pushback for that but we have to be careful As we pursue, you know, and and Michael Flynn is a perfect example. We all want him to go to prison until he dies. (laughs) However, we also have to make sure that we don't change laws and bend the laws around him to fit our desires to see him be punished for what he did, because those Protections are in place for others, Uh, but we also need to move forward understanding that those protections need to actually apply to others because they don't necessarily right now.
1: Yeah, I I think that's right. And, you know, I think the last seven weeks have really been illustrative of this, right? Like, you and I have folks in our orbit who are show listeners, who are listening to this broadcast right now, who have have maybe been a part of the you know every you know the the the, the joke from uh, whose line is it anyway right like the law, uh, the law is just made up and the points don't matter anymore but but what we've seen from the past seven weeks it, yes our doj got pushed to the breaking point yes it is criminal that the attorney general went on national television omitted the word not from his summary of the bar from, of of the uh i was going to say the bar report of of bars summary of the Mueller report turning it into the well, you might as well report. call it yeah, that. that that's right you might as well call and, it that. and beat everybody to the punch such that now like of the country thinks that the Mueller report was an exoneration, right? Like that, I we all share that. Those were super duper terrible, awful, bad things. But what the past seven weeks really taught us is that it it's not all made up, right? We have seen Trump-appointed judges when looking at a lawsuit that okay, some of them don't even use the right legal words, but a handful of them have, right? Like a handful of these cases on its face if you put in front of you know a normal person would be like all right well i don't know looks like a complaint it's it seeks you know rid of matt damon and what's gonna go right like yeah you you it it they weren't superficially impossible but to a lawyer, to anybody who knew what was going on, they were ridiculous. And that's why Trump is one in 65, right? And, <laughs> and and because there are still laws, there are still rules, they do still matter. We learned a lot from Trump. We learned a lot from Mitch McConnell about where we've been relying on norms and where those need to be rules, where those need to be codified. Um, but but I, I think we also you, you know. <sighs> in a way i mean i don't want to be always the eternal optimist but but we learned you know that that there are limits right um i don't you know <laughs> i do worry about what a a competent evil genius could do given trump's position and i see by your expression that you worry about that too but you know <laughs> this is this is why we talk about it this is why we I think that, you know, the system is 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 worth preserving.
0: Yeah. And and for the most part, the law is written well. Yeah. It's it's bad people who enforce it, that that create the problems and don't apply justice equally. And I, I think that that is our push. That is our mission with our new show. Again, it's called Clean Up on Aisle 45. I hope that you love it. Um, I am excited about doing it uh, because. You know, when I started Mueller, she wrote, I was like, "Well, this is going to end. I mean, <laughs> this this can't go on forever." Uh, ha- but we have to focus on what we do now to ensure that it doesn't happen again. And th- and and if we leave things as they are, it will happen again. And like you said, it could happen again with somebody not as stupid. Uh, and and that is that is the major risk. And so. Th- the the idea here is to not just get the word out and not just talk about what's going on but to push our leadership our new leadership under under Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to pursue justice to its rightful end and make sure that those who have violated the law are held accountable and that those who don't violate the law in certain instances are not it's it's very important and i think that um I think, I think we can do it. I think we can do it if we can, if we can, you know, make our voices loud enough and and be heard.
1: I I I do, and uh, you and I have been talking about doing a project for a while. I love spending time with you. <laughs> we are. It is so easy uh, to to sit down and chat, but um, you know, we really wanted to pick kind of. The, the the right project i mean you know you know you and, you and i are both a little bit busy a lot of the time so <laughs> <you> uh, think? <laughs> i'm i'm i just couldn't be more excited about this um and i i also want to shill for us for for a second um i want folks to head over to patreon.com slash aisle 45 pod a-i-s-l-e 45 p-o-d and uh and Sign up and support the show. You don't get charged until we start dropping episodes. You can get in as little as a buck an episode. Throw us a buck. A.G. and I are recording stuff. We're going to have outtakes. We're going to have all kinds of goodies. And some of them are going to disappear when we launch the show. So our early supporters, our first backers, you are going to get all of the fantastic stuff that we generate. You're going to learn about all the cool stuff we do. If if you're an O.A. listener, if you're a Daily Beans listener, a Mueller She Wrote listener, right, you, you already know, you know, what. Patreon is all about. It's what uh enables us to really continue to do these shows uh as frequently as we do. And um, it's I, I like to think of it like the old uh national public television commercials, right? Like you're not paying for content, we're giving you a show for free, and every once in a while we beg you for money if you like the thing that we do. And hopefully you like the thing that we do. And then we send you like a tote bag, right? You're not buying the tote bag. You're getting the cool, fun stuff that we do. And oh my God, we are going to do fun, cool stuff for you. You will not regret it. Um, You're flush with cash coming out of Christmas. If you're not flush with cash, you know what? Like, listen, listen to the show for free. I won't tell anybody. It's free.
0: It's
2: free. Seriously,
1: (laughs) be a freeloader. We don't care. Um, but, But if you love us and you want us to love you back, like, yeah, that's, that's what you do. Head on over to patreon.com slash aisle45pod and uh, sign on up.
0: And keep in mind, that an episode might not be around forever. That's like an introductory offer. So, you know, come in, and check it out. And I appreciate that. And we premiere Clean Up on Aisle 45 on January oh. 20th, the day
1: <laughs>
0: that Joe Biden is sworn into office. Also my birthday. And please on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time between now and then 8 p.m. Eastern time
1: 8, eight real people time yeah
0: whatever <laughs> go, go to the stereo app download the stereo app listen to us live even if you don't like want to listen to it or if you don't you know if you don't have time or whatever just put it on so that you're there and also think about all of your relatives uh, that that are Trump supporters Put like make it happen for on their phones. Like go in and schedule them to appear, like to <laughs> be on, have it like <laughs> pop up on their phones. We did this, Andrew, uh, for Thanksgiving in in twenty eighteen. We said, hey, when you're when you're angry, Trump supporting relatives come to Thanksgiving. Use their phone, pick it up, and then subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we were we charted number one. We beat Hannity <laughs>
1: for weeks. It was wonderful. That is amazing. That remind there used to be. Do you remember the fantastic? Molson radio commercials From the early 1980s with Rick Moranis yeah and uh Oh oh, uh, yeah Bob and Doug McKenzie and they were like yes they Were talking about how Molson was so much better than every Other beer and and it is a Spoiler alert but um but they're like, you know, doing in Bob and Doug McKenzie voice, they're like, so throw out, you know, all those heavy German beers and throw out all your tasteless American beers. And, and then at the end, they're like, yeah, go over to your friend's house and throw out all of his beer. And and that's what we're asking. Go over to your friend's house and throw out all of their beer. Uh, and uh, no, uh, uh, and, and subscribe uh, to uh, to clean up on aisle 45. We're going to we're going to have a lot of fun. We've unshackled me. I'm going to. I think i'm gonna swear right i can't stop yeah. ag from swearing so you know it's gonna be yeah no,
0: no, no gonna be fantastic
1: not. um you want to you want a bonus legal thing
0: Ye- yes
1: all right so um as of right now as we record this december 27th sunday at 7 30 p.m real people time no four, i don't know 4
0: 27 p.m
1: real people time. okay um somehow she's 60 or somehow she's 181 minutes behind me it's it's rather interesting anyway uh we do not know the fate uh of the omnibus spending bill trump has uh signaled that he will uh not sign the bill which could potentially throw the funding of government into limbo uh we're tracking all of this um i read the entire bill cuz of course i did and one of the things that's in the bill, after all the PPP provisions, this begins at page two thousand four hundred and eighty-seven. Like you do, um, yeah, is uh, is Title Ten, which is the Clean Up the Code Act of two thousand and nineteen. And as part of the clean up the code act of 2019, it repeals various crimes, right? So it says the following provisions oh, these of title are 18 these are of the U S code are hereby repealed, right? So it repeals a crime about transporting water hyacinths and, uh, something about the 4-H club emblem, um, the one that I liked that that uh, that popped up was it repeals 18 USC section 711A. That's not subpoint A. That is section 711A, which was added in between section 711 and section 712, uh, which says whoever, except under authorized rules and regulations issued by the secretary, knowing and that is um, the the secretary of the interior knowingly and for profit manufactures reproduces or uses the character Woodsy the Owl the name Woodsy Owl or the associated slogan give a hoot don't pollute shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 6 months or both so uh, that crime has been repealed Um, so, you know, don't take legal advice from a podcast. So our
0: new, our new podcast name is Woodsy the Owl. Woodsy the Owl. Give a hoot, don't (laughs) pollute. And I think, didn't they also pull, uh, Smokey the Bear? Smoky uh, the Bear
1: is Section Seven Eleven. Mm, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I it, it makes me wonder what Trump supporter has been selling bootleg Woodsy the Owl T-shirts because um, that's clearly why this was inserted. <laughs> I
0: bet that. it has something to do with raking the forest, or perhaps Mitch <laughs> Hedberg's old bit about we should adopt Smacky the Frog, which is the forest fire prevention representative in the United Kingdom. Um, there we go. Absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out the, the, <laughs> the impetus behind that. and I cannot. So uh, you know what, though? I bet we'll learn on cleanup on aisle 45. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show today, talking to me. I'm very excited about this project. And by the way, opening arguments will continue and Daily Beans yeah! will continue. We will continue to bring you the news. Dana Goldberg and I opening arguments with Thomas will continue and uh, we're just having this extra new uh, weekly show about how we have to f- really restore the faith in our Department of Justice moving forward. Absolutely. All right. It's been so great to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you. We we went on a little bit longer than, uh, yeah. than imagined, but uh, that's <laughs> normal for us. That
1: may be a recurring theme.
0: <laughs> right. Enjoy our 36-minute show, which will be an hour and a half each week, uh, because it's... It's you and I. Anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, this portion of the pod is brought to you by Helix Sleep. You know, for the past four years, I haven't been able to sleep very well. I thought at first it was just because of the administration and the anxiety and stress caused by that. But as it turns out, I was sleeping on a garbage mattress. But all of my sleep issues have been solved by Helix Helix Sleep understands you're unique, and they customize a mattress to fit you and your sleep habits the best. Helix Sleep created an online sleep quiz, takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. And if you like a mattress that's soft or firm, or if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach, or if you sleep hot or cool, with Helix, there is a mattress, a specific one for each and everyone's unique tastes. I was matched personally to the Helix Midnight because I like a bed medium firm. I like that it just gives me the right support for me, and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. But you don't have to take my word for it. Okay. Or Amanda and Joelle's word for it. They love theirs. Or Jordan's word for it. She loves hers. Helix was actually awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, 10 1, 0, And you can try it out for 100 sleeps, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, which is super convenient. But you will love it, so don't worry about that at all. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Daily Beans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com, slash Daily Beans, for up to $200 off. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, Ah, best part of the day. It's the Good News segment. I'm so excited.
2: Me too. I love this part of the day with you. I love these stories. I love our listeners. And just learning about humanity, it makes me very, very happy.
0: Agreed, 100%. Um, let's Um, see. Let's kick it off. Let's just jump in here. Let's do it. Because, oh, there's a, oh, okay. I'm already looking ahead at the photos. I cheated.
2: Oh, stop doing, oh my
0: goodness. Now I did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> First up, from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. In high school, a young lady and myself found ourselves pregnant. She was 16 and I was 17. My mother told us to go to Planned Parenthood. Looking back, I get why she didn't advocate. While at Planned Parenthood, they interviewed us separately, and the consensus was we preferred to adopt the child out. Planned Parenthood set us up with an advocate who helped us place our baby up with a family. It was for the best, and and I have no regrets. I'm sure she's happy and loved. I grew up extremely poor, a witness to and victim of multiple traumas. Given the nature of our circumstances, we couldn't see a life for a little girl. My whole point is that Planned Parenthood allowed not just one life to come into this world, but saved the life of a mother and I. They do so much for the underserved. This was over 20 years ago, but it seems extremely relevant. Thank you for you and for your activism. P.S. Attached, pics of our Boston Terriers.
2: Oh, (sighs) look at the babies. They are so cute.
0: Oh, that's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. And, yes. you know, there's so much that Planned Parenthood does. Uh, so much
2: cancer screenings, transgender health care. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on and on and on. So I mm-hmm. get so frustrated with this need to defund Planned Parenthood because of something that the federal government doesn't put a dime toward.
0: Yeah, not a dime. It's infuriating, which I think we should overturn, too. But they haven't. Put yes. a dime toward that. I agree. Was it the Lily Ledbetter Act? Is What's it called? What's it called? That The Hyde Amendment, right? Lily Ledbetter is something else. That's the Hyde Amendment that says uh, you can't have any federal funds going to fund uh, abortion services, which I personally disagree with. Um, it's health care. Uh, but, uh, we can, we can say with certainty that not a dime has gone toward that, uh, in the past, uh, though I don't say it with pride. I, I could just, yeah, I can say it as fact. Do you know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I do. Um, I've got these pictures are popping up before we can go to the stories. This is holiday joy from Liz pronouns. She and her, despite really cold Iowa Thames, my friends and local family. And I structured <clears throat> out how we could drop off food, drinks and treats to others without having contact. While that sucks pays to have people in your life that exchange house keys. It was joyous. And we all ate and drank till sleepy time. I hope all the best wishes for y'all for a new year. happy new year. Uh, Blue is my nephew pup Ace and my non photogenic cat Harley. She's fourteen. He can do whatever.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Liz, for this because this is the kind of good news story I encourage. It's simple. It's meaningful. Everyone gets joy out of it. And then look at this doggo. And then look at this cat-o. Yeah, void void chunks are hard. They're hard to take photos of. You know, because <laughs> they're so. I'm they're-
2: laughing because I I scrolled again.
0: oh i know who this is i know who this is this is metal world rpg at this is on twitter at metal under underscore world underscore rpg nick he's often on our uh patron happy hours and he is a guinea pig enthusiast he says a few weeks ago we lost our guinea pig sparky aka chonko pig aka fatty wheat wheats known to regular happy hour attendees. It was a sad event. But the good news is that I'm taking the opportunity to renovate the table pen a little for the occupancy of our new baby piggies, Treble, White with the Just Opened a Present from Jockey Smurf face, Jokey Smurf Face, excuse me, and Lemmy as the Killmeister as in kill as in Killmister, brown with the floofy cheeks that resemble uh, friendly mutton shops. I'm assuming Lemmy Kilminster is the lead singer of Motorhead. They're still getting used to us, but they're acclimating while they wait in their temporary cage until I finish the table, which should happen by the weekend. Bonus picture, a super chonky squirrel I encountered behind the Burger King near my house. I just thought you would find it amusing.
2: Look at these little fluffers. I know, little fluffer guinea pig. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> cute. that is a fat squirrel oh my, oh my god, god that is a
2: fat squirrel maybe do you think the squirrel has babies in there
0: could be a prego squirrel i don't know
2: i mean it looks like a prego squirrel if i ever get that big i'm gonna tell people i'm having squirrels
0: oh look at that that is a oh Chonko squirrel goodness. i'm sorry about Chonko pig nick i'm super sorry me
2: too but you got two cute new babies cute cute noodle piggies all right. this next one is a confession ag this is from anonymous pronoun she and her Ooh. my uncle who i adore despite being a trump supporter covid danger denying texan uh, was just admitted to, admitted to a dallas icu with you guessed it covid and pneumonia i'm scared and furious regretful a bit holier than thou knowing this blatant avoidance of health guidelines led to this my aunt also tested positive and is quarantined alone at home both miss Christmas with their immediate family. I want to send someone who has been vaccinated to Dallas to shake them and scream, I told you so. Does that make me a bad niece? Anyway, thank you so much for all you do. You're all such an important part of my daily life. It's weird how people you've never met can have such a hold on our hearts. Here's to a better 2021. And to pay my tax, two of my three monsters, Penelope the kitten. Okay, two, she's moved out of a kitten territory. And my Maggie, Uh, plus I got two Kamala ornaments for Christmas. Do my employers know me or what?
0: From your employers, that's amazing. I
2: know these cats are so cute.
0: All right, so my heart, Maggie, and the kitten (gasps) who's actually two. Oh my goodness! Oh, there's also a a Westie
2: with a neck pillow. Is it Westie? Oh, it's a terrier. It's no. Oh, God, yeah. loves It's terrier. just Maggie. Maggie looks like a Westie, but I'm not entirely sure. With but an airline, with
0: an air, one of those airplane
2: neck pillows. She could be a terrier. <laughs> oh, my God, with an airplane neck pillow. It's adorable. Look how pretty Kamala is on the Christmas tree. She's
0: just such a lovely fucking woman. I love her so much.
2: She really is. Oh, me too.
0: Oh, oh, God, I'm just so happy that she's going to be the vice president. In. I know. In a very short period of time we're less we're less than a month away now, and uh gosh, this is going to be the best birthday ever. Next up from John from New Jersey, pronouns he and him. My good news story is one of discovery. Oh by the way, uh, regarding the uh, the confession, no, that doesn't make you a bad niece to no. to want to want to shake somebody and say, "I told you so like it's because you cared about them. it's not because you're an asshole. Do you know what I mean? I it's do. because you I you want people to be safe it's like when people are like democrats have a terrible agenda i'm like yeah we want to give you free health care and feed you and give you free education what a bunch of dicks we are you know like stop with the mm. okay so no that does not make you a bad person at all um i deem it so Next up, John from New Jersey. My good news story is one of discovery about a vet, specifically my dad. My dad fought in Nazi Germany near the end of the war, but never talked about it with any of his 11 kids. 11 kids. After he died, I came into email contact with his commanding officer at the Army's 104th Timberwolf Division. I was amazed he remembered him. Oh, yeah, Ben was the third cannon from the right. Oh, my God, that's a hell of a memory. He said uh, they had participated in the liberation, quote-unquote, of the concentration camp at Nordhausen. Germany, after the Nazis had abandoned it. I looked it up. It was really more of a rescue operation than a glorious liberation. Apparently, there was a town nearby, and the townspeople told the U.S. Army rescuers they had no idea about the concentration camp an obvious lie. The U.S. soldiers marched the adult men of the town over the hill to the camp and made them help uh, with the rescue. I had no idea my dad saw or participated in any of this. All through my childhood, my dad would constantly say to, to me the adage John, All that is necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. It makes sense to me now that he probably said this thinking of those German townsfolk who ignored the concentration camp on the other side of the hill. And today, if I'm afraid to help a right, excuse me, if I'm afraid to help right a wrong that needs to be righted, I remember my dad and all he had to do. And I become inspired by him and all my fear vanishes. And then there's a photo of his dad.
2: What a beautiful picture.
0: That's so incredible to learn such these things about your dad. I'm I'm researching my dad's what he did in Vietnam right now. I'm absolutely blown away by all of it. I'll be putting a show out about it. I don't know as soon as I I'm done with eight hundred other projects I have, but just learning about it and and understanding it is it's truly incredible. So thank you so much, John, for sharing this. And thanks to your dad for his service.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, H G. This next one is a correction from anonymous. Love the Daily Beans. If you want to know if a term is really gender neutral, use it like this as a question posed to a cis het man. For example, how many blank have you slept with? Meaning, how many people have you slept with? How many guys have you slept with? How many dudes have you slept with? I can assure you that 100% of straight men will not consider either guys or dudes as a gender neutral noun because it
0: isn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well said. Uh, I hope you find the simple, easy, and funny way to answer this question and put it to good use in the future.
0: Yeah, Dana, you Friday somebody had written in and said, can I use dude as, like, can I do he, him, dude oh. as pronouns in my email a signature? A really actually an honest question, like, does dude offend people? I was like, I have found dude offends a lot of people. Uh, and growing up in Southern California and, you know, me thinking dude is a non-gendered term, um, I use it a lot and I got a lot of feedback saying, you should just drop it, just drop it. So I dropped it and I work on it. I still make mistakes. And then I just correct myself and apologize and move forward. Um, but my advice was don't, don't bring dude into it. Um, it is oftentimes not seen as such. And so I, this is a little bit of a clarification of that. If you ask a, a cis man, how many dudes you've slept with? Mm, yeah. Yeah.
2: Gender neutral. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's a very good point. So I don't know. How do you feel about dude as a thing?
2: Oh, I'm not uh, really, I'm personally not offended by dude, but also like it, it it's only <laughs> the only time I ever get like weirded out by it is if someone like I'm dating is like, dude, I'm like, no, don't call me dude. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's how like one of my best friends refers when she's trying to tell me a funny story. And she's like, dude, look at this. It actually doesn't bother me, but I can understand um, and respect that it, it may actually bother someone else. I mean, that's the easiest way I can say it.
0: Yeah, I, I, there used to be, like, sometimes on Twitter, if somebody had posted just something ridiculous that they should really think twice about posting, I usually just had the one-word response, dude. dude. Yeah. Um, now I only do that for people I know to be cishet men, because I, it's just... I, I I would rather I not offend people who don't want yeah. to be offended. And yeah. like I like I explained it to my uh ex-husband who had a problem with pronouns. I said, "Look, if if let's say uh back in 1996 something terrible happened to me next to a blue lamp and I always associated a blue lamp with terror and awfulness, why not take the blue lamps out of the house?" What right. why are you dying on this hill? You know, like yeah. what if it if it gives me terrors and gives me panic attacks and gives me anxiety, why would you? No, but all blue lamps matter. Like, why would you? Yeah. Why is that? The the hill you're gonna die on. So anyway,
2: I think it's strange. Yeah, dude is also not a word that I normally use. I think it it that might actually be a regional thing, like where people grew up. I mean, you live in San Diego, people say dude all the time.
0: <laughs> it's it's the that's what San Diego means it exactly. Means. whale's vagina and dude yeah okay ashley pronouns she and her i have survived this pandemic by surrounding myself with kittens yay work has been extra challenging and the world is imploding so my coping mechanism is fostering the tiniest sickest and most special needsies kittens in my community last year the stars aligned and i adopted a very special tuxedo boy dapper dan and he turned my world right side up he is paralyzed and incontinent, so occasionally he has to wear clothes to keep his legs from getting rug burns. The best part is that he drags <laughs> that his drag bags are shaped like mermaid tails. It's exactly as cute as it sounds. Photos attached, please, uh, because obviously. Since adopting this very—I think a drag bag is something you put on the legs to keep them from getting scraped up. Hmm. Since adopting this very distinguished gentleman, I've made it my mission to become an expert in permaid care. Right now I have two foster diaper babies, Alfaba, uh, a black kitten in the black kitten in the hammer pants, and the big, LeMiawski, a.k.a. the dude, the torty point with the party legs. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. The news I'm most excited to share is that I've started my own kitten rescue, specializing in neonates and mobility-challenged cats. Our 501c3 is still pending, but I'm so excited to be able to help more... Uh, people to see how amazing their little lives can be and how easy their care is. I mean, they don't even need a litter box. Oh. As you can imagine, these guys have become pretty popular on the internet. It's given me amazing venue to talk about how animal rescue can not exist without politics. Uh, The work you guys do uh, has empowered me to educate people who love animals on how they can participate and advocate for the most vulnerable beings in their community. So thank you for making me feel smart and encouraging me to be brave and speak up about this crazy stuff, even if it means losing followers sometimes because the big stuff runs downhill. And if our animal control services aren't appropriately resourced, it makes the work I do so much harder. Anyway, in spite of it all, the mute abides (laughs) instead of the dude abides, get it? Mm. Love and slow blinks. Ashley, For you're not a cat person, Dana. Slow blinks are when cats say that they love you. They'll give Aww. you slow blinks. Really? Yes. Oh, look at his feetsies. They're like, he's oh, he sits like a person. He's got little cross legs. And look at the- b- Oh my oh God, my this picture God. is adorable. <laughs> 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 the little black kitten with the diaper.
2: Oh my God. Okay, I need to be very clear that it's not that I'm not a cat person. I'm highly allergic to them.
0: <laughs> yes, sorry. I don't mean to say that you hate cats or Thank that you're you. not anti-cats. You are allergic to cats.
2: Look at the legs. Look at the legs coming out of the sides of the diaper, Angie. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's like three ta- <laughs> it looks like three tails. Oh my god. Oh, and then the mermaid, I can't. Oh, look at his oh. oh, that oh my god, these pictures <laughs> The legs.
0: Oh my god! I can't can't wait to share these with everybody. And
2: I need to know how a cat does not tear off a diaper. Oh, oh my god! These are amazing. Is there a name on Ashley? Thank you so, so much for the work you're doing. I hope the five hundred one C three is hugely successful. These. Cats are adorable. <laughs>
0: the last one is the big Lemowski. Oh yes, the torty it is. point. She says the torty point with the party legs. And when uh, you get the newsletter, you'll know what.
2: I mean, those <laughs> what are party she legs. Means by
0: party legs, oh, oh yeah. my god, these are the best. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much for taking care of these babies, and oh, these are just so adorable. Oh. Okay, I can't even. I can't either. My goodness. Well this that's the best one to thank you everyone for submitting your stories and your pictures and everything that you're doing if you have anything you want to tell us about anything at all or you just want to send us photos of your pod pets or whatever project it is you're working on and and let us know what your 501c3 is when you have when it's up and running ashley because i will promote it so hard um that because what you're doing is incredible and you know just let us know about what you're doing we'll get it out there and let us know about your small businesses and and anything we can help with please and you send that in at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact and we'll get it out there for you
2: sounds good to me
0: any final thoughts before we no
2: i'm just uh, this it's almost done people it's almost done i understand that 2020 extends to january 20th but it's almost like the actual year is almost done
0: yeah i think that this the symbolism of the end of 2020 is yes. gonna is gonna be major I know we still have a little under three weeks of Trump left after that but still huge and think of it this way we get two New Year's uh this year you know we get we get January 20th and we get January 1st so oh yeah all right well everybody please 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 take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet I've been AG and I've been DG and them's the beans